2: Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, where the horse to ride for your next bull purchase. 6th of February of 2021.
0: Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything eh? Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley,
3: and a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have our usual Friday wrap-up of the week's movement in grain markets. Last week, there were big gains. This week, big losses in the grain market. We also have an update on grain movement on the railways. Real agriculture looks at tracked tractors on the market. In the second half of our show, we have an in-depth look at the collapse in grain prices this week. And there's a feature interview from the Farmer's Survival Guide author.
0: This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley.
3: Grain markets made big gains last week, but this week saw a major pullback. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Picallo says canola fell $32 a ton this week, while spring wheat futures were down $0.23 cents a bushel.
4: Well, Jim, starting off with canola... We are down approximately $32 a ton here on the March contract for the week. And Minneapolis wheat on the March contract, we're down about $0.23 a bushel. So it seems that uh, funds have been taking some profit here this week. Uh, On the wheat side of things, there seems to be a bit of a shift to, to kind of a, a bearish feeling. There, the upward channel has been broken, so it has sparked some aggressive selling here. Sovcon has raised its Russia wheat production forecast to about 77.7 million tons, uh, up from 76.8 million as weather conditions improve there. So, uh, again, a little bit of uh, kind of bearish news there on the weather side for for wheat it might be a little early uh following for the weather in the u.s central and southern plains but the six to ten day forecast shows above normal precipitation for most of oklahoma and, and kansas and, and about a, one half of nebraska so again these uh, these rains might be kind of adding to a bit of the downward pressure for
3: for wheat has there been a big drop in demand this past week
4: you know, what? nothing that I've seen in terms of kind of a demand, you know, a type of scenario, I would say everything is still kind of holding kind of well there, you know what i've what I have been watching for this week is kind of how you know the soy markets have been fe- affecting canola here. there is more rain in the forecast for Argentina today as compared to kind of this other week here, and it it does open the door for improving co- crop conditions into early February, so I think that 's why we 're seeing you know at the the soy market the corn market go down here as well too you know there was actually a strong recovery in palm oil prices which actually kind of caused some buying in the soybean oil and that's holding canola steady but overall i am seeing some profit taking in this canola market and we'll see if that continues for for next week
3: yeah what's the outlook for next week and beyond
4: well on the canola side of things you definitely want to see the nearby march contract hold close to this $650 a ton for the trend to still be kind of intact here. When it comes to bull market rallies like this that we've seen in Canola the past, you know, half a dozen months, you know, a healthy sell off like this is expected and I don't mind seeing this happen before another rally starts to happen. When it comes to the wheat market, you know, this actually could be a bit of a reversal here now, starting on the wheat side of things, the funds start to get a little bit more active selling. So there might be at least another 20-cent downside here on the Minneapolis wheat if if funds do keep selling and, you know, more profit-taking happens.
3: Adam Picallo is Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial.
0: Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM.
3: A roll reversal for the railways during Grain Shipping Week 23. Since fall, CP Rail has had better numbers than CN Rail meeting shipper railcar orders. That changed last week, according to Milt Poirier with QGI Consulting, which monitors weekly grain movement on behalf of grain shippers and various farm organizations.
5: CN's performance saw a nice uptick. They came above the 70% order fulfillment threshold for the first time in almost three months with uh, 76% order fulfillment on a system basis in week 23. On the flip side, we saw CP's performance go in the opposite direction at 71% in week 23. They fell below the 80% performance threshold for the first time in five weeks and only the second time in the last three months. So a bit of a turn there.
3: The biggest challenges for CN and CP Rail are in the very busy Vancouver Rail Corridor.
5: Neither railway performed particularly well in the Vancouver Corridor, which from our perspective is likely strongly influenced by the heavy volumes that were seen in those corridors for both railways uh, over the last few weeks, particularly leading up to Christmas and through the Christmas period. And apart from just loads on wheels, this was exacerbated by the fact that the network overall was slowing down and the count of vital cars, that's cars not moving for 48 hours or more that are under load, uh, increased quite dramatically. And this, of course, has the effect of lengthening car cycles and has the in- adverse impact on empty car spotting in the country.
3: Weather has not been a major issue to date, but much colder temperatures are in the forecast for the coming days. Poirier says it will be interesting to see if Rail can build on recent improvements.
5: The big question is, will this be a one-week aberration, or will the progress hold going forward? There are some promising signs. They have improved the fluidity of their network in the last 10 days. They've lowered the level of carryover orders uh, from one week to the next. They fell below 1,000 Orders carry over into week 24 for the first time in three months, which is pretty good. They've shown some improvements in empty car spotting capacity, and they've uh, started rationing fewer and fewer cars. Uh, They only rationed about 200 cars a week on average since the beginning of December, which is far lower than what we had seen in October and November.
3: And as for CP Rail.
5: The question is going to be is how quickly can they right the ship? They had a bad week. There's no question about that. Historically, what we've seen this year is when they have a bad week, they have the ability to bounce back. They seem to have or have demonstrated more flex capability in their car spotting capacity than CN has from week to week. Unfortunately, they had a very high level of carryover, unfilled orders into week 24, north of 1300, which was the highest number we've seen from them in a number of weeks. So that's likely to impact their performance in the short term. But if they hold true to past performance, they will get by this in the next couple of weeks and we should see their performance, you know, get back to the levels that we were seeing most commonly, which at least would be in the low to mid
3: 80s. Milt Poirier is with QGI Consulting and monitors grain transportation performance on behalf of the Ag Transport Coalition. His remarks come from the Grain by Train podcast produced by Pulse Canada, a member of the Ag Transport Coalition.
0: Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM.
2: This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com.
6: It's been 30 years since Caterpillar introduced the first rubber track tractor for farming, and uh, we've seen a lot of developments in tracks since then. And uh, to discuss how far we've come and where tracks fit on the farm in 2021, I'm joined today by uh, Nick Dubuque from uh, SUSI International. Nick, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing very well. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, um, so let, let's start with um, how track technology has evolved over the years. Yeah. So basically, as you mentioned, about
2: thirty years ago, Caterpillar came out with the first track tractor on the market. Uh, you had the quad track following not long after. Those on their carriages were, you know, fairly simple, rigid on their carriages, fairly basic early track technology. What we've seen happening is most of those tractors initially were probably in the, I want to say, 200 to 400 horsepower bracket. One thing we've noticed a lot, especially in the last 10 years, is growth in power. So uh, The smaller tractors are actually disappearing uh, from the track offering. You're seeing more 300 plus horsepower tractors going all the way to 600. So As tire technology evolves, it's kind of pushing back the limits for those tires uh, to higher power. And you're seeing those tracks go on bigger and bigger tractors. Uh, The second trend we've been seeing after early adoption of tracks was basically, you know, you'll do tillage with them mostly. Uh, You know, some planters, but not a huge focus on row crops. We've seen a a lot more row crop applications, initially with the twin-track machines, the John Deere tractors, Challengers. And now, uh, I'd say since about 2013, we've seen that a lot with the big tractors, or 500 horsepower, articulated tractors going on 18 or 24-inch tracks to go down the road. People are going to bigger and bigger planters, row crops, so they need to have those big undercarriages, uh, but still narrow. And then what we're seeing more, I'd say, in the recent in the recent uh, few years, is a lot of adoption of uh, you know making the undercarriage better. So we're seeing suspensions, for example. Class with the Terra Track was uh, probably uh, I'm not going to say the first one on the market because there were kits from John Deere, for example, in the '90s that had suspensions, but the first successful one we've seen. Uh, tremendous adoption of, you know, cost Tracks on the market. We're seeing that now with John Deere, with other manufacturers integrating suspensions, trying to make, uh, trying to eliminate some of the drawbacks of Tracks.
6: Now, you noted in your, your presentation, uh, you know, that the technologies are actually converging. And you, you said, you know, tires are trying to become more like Tracks, and Tracks are trying to become more like tires. Fill me in there. Explain that one.
2: Okay, so what we're seeing a lot in terms of technology adoption, if we start with the tire side, is uh, they're, tr- they're doing everything they can to increase the footprint. So, obviously, tracks are known for the large, large, long footprint. Well, tires always had that limitation where you can only deflate them so much until they came out with IF technology or VF technology can now lower pressure. Uh, There is still the limitation of you have to inflate your tires for, I guess, the ideal, uh, well, the most limiting condition, which is on the road. So by having central inflation systems now, you're able to optimize that footprint and really trying to get as big as you can. So in that sense, tracks are becoming more like tires, uh, sorry, tires are becoming more like tracks where... Increase that footprint, get more traction, get more flotation. On the flip side, tracks have been offering that large footprint, that massive amount of traction and flotation for a long time, but they have all those drawbacks on the road. You know, they're rougher because you don't have that air cushion, they don't go quite as fast or they wear faster. Well, all those parameters are, are being addressed right now. You know, we've we've built tracks that are highly performant in the field, but you won't get adoption for those products until you eliminate some of the drawbacks, you know, getting faster from one field to the other. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agro weather forecast
0: on The Source 620
2: CKRM.
3: The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. Mainly cloudy today, 30% chance of flurries, winds up to 15 kilometers per hour. The high, minus 7. Light snow beginning this evening. Wind becoming southwest 20 this evening, then northwest 30 overnight. The low, minus 13. Wind chill, minus 13 tonight, minus 23 overnight. Saturday, mainly cloudy with 60% chance of light snow in the morning and early in the afternoon. Clearing late in the afternoon. Wind northwest 20 becoming light near noon. Temperature falling to minus 19 tomorrow afternoon. Wind chill minus 22 in the morning, minus 28 in the afternoon. Risk of frostbite, the low, minus 27. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 21. Monday, sunny with a high minus 18, the low minus 27. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high minus 18, the low minus 20. Wednesday, partly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries, the high minus 12, the low minus 16. Thursday, partly cloudy, the high minus 9. Normal high for this state minus 11, the normal low minus 23. The sun rose at 846 this morning. It sets at 534 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot. Right now, Maple Creek at minus 2. The cold spot, Uranium City, minus 30. Estevan and Saskatoon, both minus 8. Swift Current, minus 7. Weyburn, minus 8. Yorkton is minus 12. Regina, light snow and minus 8. That's 18 Fahrenheit. Windsor from the southwest at 10. Humidity, 81%. The barometer dropping 102.1%. Light snow and Moose Jaw minus seven. Winds are from the southwest at 17. Once again, Regina light snow and minus eight. That's 18 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment.
2: Hey everybody, it's Ted Creech here from Hill 70 Quantock Ranch, Lloydminster, Alberta. On the 6th of February of 2021, I'd like to invite everybody to our 51st annual barn burner bull sale, starting at 12 noon. Now we'll sell approximately 400 bulls, consisting of red and black Angus, horn and polled Herfords, red and black Sim Angus, Charlet and red balancer bulls plus 100 bread and open commercial females to round out the day. Now don't be afraid to get in touch with us. Either call myself, Connor, or Bill at 1-800-665-7253.
0: You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley.
3: This portion of
0: Saskatchewan
3: Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, McDougallAuctions.com, And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A grain market analyst says a drop in palm oil prices of 10 to 15 percent in recent weeks has forced canola prices downward. Errol Anderson of Pro Market Communications in Calgary believes it's tied to reduced demand from China.
7: Palm oil is directly tied to canola. If we have a direct cousin, it is the palm oil market. And uh, it really put up an early warning on the canola. Um, Canola suddenly plunged as well. Um, Where we believe this stemming from is a slowdown in China buying demand of vegetable oil right now. And it just triggered a domino effect. The funds that were long in the market started to exit the market. And, of course, uh, aspects like margin calls increased the selling pressure. So the market went into a dive. So what we're seeing right now, I believe, on the vegetable Oil market, I think we're seeing a bit of a top, and uh, again, it boils down to demand. You know, we can have tight supplies on a product, but if the demand fades, it doesn't really matter, and the prices will go down um, anyway. So, it's uh, it's broad based. Uh, it's hit the soybean market as well. We've seen the beans move down, um, probably the better part of a dollar a bushel here, and um, this may be the turn from North American product into South American product as the harvest in Brazil. Brazil is now starting and uh, Brazil right now also is receiving some better moisture conditions.
3: Anderson sees just Chinese demand dropping off.
7: You know, that's my opinion. Um, A a lot of uh, thoughts are it's more to do with rain in Brazil, but in all honesty, I think it's a demand situation. It's not a supply situation, and it's classic China. They're going to book out into spring, and they're trying to get to the point where they've got enough supply to move into that May, June uh, market, and that's where they start receiving uh, the new South American product. Now, which can turn us what we need though to get these prices back up is fresh bullish demand now that may occur and and that may occur in the form of South American weather turning poor again Um, but when markets drop like this it's very rare that we can get back to those old highs It usually stems, we can rebound, we can usually rebound 50% to 66% of the drop, but once we get up into those areas, technically, it starts to sell off again. So I think we're into this type of wave action in the grain markets right now.
3: Anderson was asked about the duration of the price drop.
7: Well, you know, uh, certainly, you know, this is a, a tight crop year. Uh, we're already starting to refocus into the new crop year. And so, uh, uh, you know, we do have to... to maintain really good prices and extremely high prices, we need fresh bullish news constantly fueling this market. And as soon as the fuel doesn't go into the market, then it immediately pulls back. There's a saying in the marketplace that the market goes, you know, walks up in stairs, but it's an elevator ride down. And this is so true with uh, the commodity world overall.
3: Anderson says Russia's export tax on wheat should ensure wheat prices remain relatively strong going into spring seeding. He adds pulse crops are steady
7: if we view peas as a specialty market uh, they're very stable right now the, the the both the yellows and greens are sort of you know they're hovering around that nine dollar per bushel level overall um, india has got a better uh, supply situation right now uh, again we have to look at china to keep this market going uh, china is our key buyer of yellows and um, if they start to pull back on the yellows in all honesty the price may actually fall back about a dollar a bushel, but again, that's dependent on the demand that we see into the spring market.
3: For livestock, there are some improvements.
7: Well, the- feeder is gaining some bargaining power. Um, We're we're seeing excellent basis levels here in Canada. Uh, The U.S. cash price in fat cattle is actually going down. In Canada, though, we're moving up. Uh, The Alberta packer uh, needs the cattle. Uh, We think there's good solid demand. Going into February, I can see the fats potentially moving up to $1.50 a pound. Um, So the bargaining uh, power has shifted. The carcass weights are starting to come down. Um, Now there's still losses feeding cattle but they're not as severe as what they were about four to six weeks ago so uh, we need these fat cattle to get up to about a dollar 60 a pound before uh, we're going to break even but uh, we're at least going in the right direction right now
3: errol anderson is a market analyst with pro-market communications
7: you're tuned
0: to saskatchewan
7: agriculture
0: today on the source 620 ckrm
3: This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered, tough equipment on the market. No matter what kind of business you're in, it's always a good idea to have a mentor or even just someone you can bounce ideas off to make sure you're heading in the right direction. That's also true in the world of agriculture. Reporter Cheryl Brooks had a chance to speak with April Stewart, the president of ALBA PR, which happens to be responsible for the Farmer's Survival Guide. The Quebec farmer says she started the company back in 2007 to focus on agriculture and rural community development communications.
8: Through that, in one of my tractor driving moments, (laughs) when we all have our best ideas, (laughs) I was just trying to figure out a way to kind of meld my communications, my activism, my wanting to help people, help themselves, help each other. So after a little bit of time I came up with the Farmer Survival Guide how to connect with 21st century consumers.
1: I do a lot of interviews with various groups, various farmers and that's the one thing that a lot of them have been talking about especially in the last couple of years I would say where there's a real need to connect with consumers to let them know what truly happens in farming? Now, was there a reason why you decided to call it the Farmer Survival Guide? Just so that they, uh, it was like a morale boosting type of thing, because that's how I take it?
8: Um, a little bit like that, but I think more that I was just kind of looking at it from, you know, it's really unfamiliar terrain. It's often very uncomfortable terrain, mm-hmm. having that farm to consumer conversations. So, what kind of you know, if you're going out into the wilderness and you had your wilderness guide, I was kind of equating it to that, like what kind of tips and insights and and scientific information would you need to help you have better conversation.
1: Let's talk about that then, some of the tips that you have because I know in some of the other people that I've talked to a lot of farmers and we're, we're all kind of guilty of this where we right away like you said kind of go to the scientific side of things but sometimes you'll see people who really aren't into science or whatever their eyes start glazing over pretty quickly yeah. when you start trying to take it from that angle explaining what it is that you do so How do we get around that and still get through to them?
8: There's been a lot of talk about that, too. As you say, over the last couple of years, it's, you know, the whole telling your story as opposed to telling the science, because you're exactly right. I mean, if somebody's talking to me, I mean, even if it's often if it's a different kind of farming, I'm a little bit like, eh, you know, so I'll, I'll maybe zone out a little bit. So for sure, people who have zero connection and haven't had connection for several generations, perhaps. You know it's maybe a bit of a mystery and some of them might be curious and so you can leverage that curiosity but yeah most people don't want to go the science way so you know we've been kind of telling people well okay tell your story because you know for forever forever and ever as long as humans have been around that's kind of the way that our our brains have developed to tune into and pick up on information Mm -hmm. but my whole thing was, and I, I don't know if it comes from my natural curiosity or maybe it's the farmer gene in me that I need to understand how something works, the inside of it, the subsystems, so that right. I can optimize the whole process, mm-hmm. but it, it didn't seem enough to me to tell people just tell stories or build trust, build credibility. So, so how? how? How do you do that? What does that process to do that look like? And then how can we optimize those processes to get the results we want, which is you know, constructive conversations, dialogue, people getting what we do, us alternatively getting what customers want. So for me, that meant going back a step. So really digging into how the brain receives, processes, stores, and retrieves information. Okay. So kind of like pre-planting process. So for a great crop, you need to adequately prepare the soil. You have to understand what amendments the soil needs. So to have a great conversation, you need to learn how to intrigue and resonate with your listener and nurture the relationship to grow the connection and trust so stories is a tool but it's not necessarily understanding the whole process of it
3: quebec farmer april stewart is the author of the farmer's
0: survival guide the market updates with jim smalley on the source 620 ckrm Market Update is brought to you by
3: Scott Bjornson of Hall's Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were mixed in early trading. Today, canola rose 70 cents at $6. 616.67. Number 1 red spring wheat dropped 4.64 at 263.93. The rest were unchanged. Durham, 299.46. dollars Feed barley, 234.70. dollars Flax, 729.37. dollars Lentils 602.50, oats 229.53, yellow peas 359.89, and feed wheat 183.72. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down thirteen and a half cents at 621 and three cents a bushel.
0: It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM.
3: The livestock quotes brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Here's the latest quotes. This is
9: Grand Barnett with Market Report. Heartland livestock here in Musca over sixteen hundred for the week ending January second, twenty second. Here in Musca, this cow market looked like it was barely steady. These good green fed cows, sixty seven to seventy two three. Make medium cows sixty to sixty eight bucks. Shelly cows from fifty to sixty two. The good bulls trade from ninety a dollar to $1 hundred and fifty yearlings here on Tuesday. We had twenty two five thirty three. Red and black steers at two twenty three five. 59 red and black steers, 598 at 207.75, 20 tan steers, 657 bring two bucks even, 68 tan steers, 778 at an all or 80, 60 red and black steers, 859 at 171. Into the heifer thing, 553 weight black heifers at 185 and a quarter. Try load of black heifers, 593 bring 177, 757 weight tan heifers at 162 and 50, 829 weight charley heifers bring one. One fifty-two. This has been Grant Barnett reporting. Let's have a
0: great afternoon.
3: And the latest pork prices: one fifty-two twenty-three per ckg.
0: Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on six twenty CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley.
3: Now the resource report. Irving Oil has laid off 60 workers from its St. John, New Brunswick refinery. The company says the pandemic has had an extreme and serious impact on its business and industry. The company says it also reduced its contractor workforce to 225 workers from its average first quarter workforce of about 1,000 earlier this year. Irving Oil says the collapse in demand for motor fuels, jet fuel and other refined products continues to create prolonged and significant challenges. Retail sales climbed 1.3% in November to $55.2 billion, with e-commerce sales in Canada soaring 75.9% from a year earlier. But early estimates suggest sales fell 2.6% last month, which would break a string of seven straight monthly increases. Stats Canada says the December dip may be due to shoppers who started holiday shopping early online to avoid shipping delays and to take advantage of Black Friday promotions. On the markets, energy stocks led a broad-based decline in Canada's main stock index in late morning, while U.S. stocks were also in the red, and the loonie moved lower. The TSX Composite Index was down 108 points at 17,807. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 200 points at 30,975. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.64 cents U.S., compared with 79.20 cents Thursday. The March crude oil contract was down 72 cents at 52.41 a barrel. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan and Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Hill 70 Quantuck Ranch, the place to be for your next bull purchase. Mark the right date, February 6th, Twenty twenty one. Call 1-800-665-7253 anytime, any day. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley.
0: You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything A.
2: 620 CKRM Hill 70 Quantock Ranch where quality comes in quantity on the 6th of February of 2021 be welcome to join us for our annual bull sale